Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. All right, welcome into a brand new episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. I am Josue Pavone alongside Cedric Maxwell. We're doing this on Zoom because we have a very special guest. Boston oh, Globe's own uh, Gary Washburn joins us from oh, the boy. bubble. Just wait. How many how many different ways you pronounce your name, dog? Like yeah, there's only one way, Gary. But people that's a four people different pronunciation of your name. Like can we get <laughs> one clear pronunciation of your name? Go ahead. <laughs> they choose how to pronounce it. That's what it is. But it's it's Joe Sway. But whole Sway, I get that too, of course, because I'm Latino. So you know, I get both. Either one is cool though. Okay, Poppy. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but how's the how's the bubble life treating you? Okay, it's been what nine weeks now. So before we even begin to start talking about Celtics, we want to know about your experience in the bubble. What's it like? That's a loaded question. Um, it's a lot, man. Like it's just every day. It's a routine. Like you have to. Uh, okay, so medically, every day. So when I got here, I was a week uh, quarantined for a week. I couldn't leave the room. Now. They let people walk to get tested. That wasn't the case like two months ago, two and a half months ago when I first got here. They, you, you could not leave your room. The testers would come to your room. You would like walk in the front, at the front of the door and they would, you would stand up and they would test you right in front of your door. So for a week, I couldn't leave the room. None of, none of us could in the media who got here on, on July 12th. So from July 12th, July 19th, we were quarantined. Um, after that, we, uh, we uh, switch rooms um, to preferred room and then um, we started and it was 22 teams down here so it was like a basketball convention practices every team was practicing down there every day so it was literally 22 practices per day or almost 20 uh, for some teams to day off and in five six different locations all through from 10 a.m. and some some teams are practicing from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. So it was like a convention. And then um, the medically, uh, you have to download an app, a couple of apps. One app you have to fill out every day. You have to take your uh, temperature, which they give us this for, put in your mouth for your temperature, and your oxygen saturation, where you put your finger in here, and then it takes your oxygen saturation level, and you can you, it, it automatically inject, inserts it into the app. So if you don't do that, you can't get anywhere. We have these bands here that with the Mickey logo, but this is not for fun. This ain't no rides. We don't get no gifts, no prizes. Um, this is a scan to get us into any facility, practice facility. What they did was they turned the convention center, and which is an uh, amazing job, into three huge practice courts, like two full practice, like a facility. They put weights in it. So basically it's like, um, it's not as obviously as nice as the one in Brighton, but they gave, they put three in there and then they had teams practice at the three courts they have. So they, the players here have all the amenities. So every day you just figure out what picked out, what practice you want to go to, who you want to cover, who you want to try to get. And so every day, and then out the game started and then that got more interesting and then teams started getting eliminated. And so Every day is just like that routine. You take the your, your temperature and oxygen saturation, then every day you go get tested. They turned um, two of the rooms 
into a testing center. So there's two or, or three separate testing centers that you can just knock on a door and they swab you in your mouth. Um, that you scan this and then they give you your paperwork, you sign it, then they swab your mouth and swab your nose. They don't stick it up your nose like the one everybody will complain about. They just Oh, uh, okay. I thought that was daily. Okay. Yeah, it's daily. Well, we do that daily. So Well, no, I mean the nose thing. I thought that was daily. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, well, there's a different kind of test now. They just swab your nose. They don't stick it up. Okay. People literally crying and having, you know, headaches over it. That we don't they didn't do that with us. Wait a minute, so wait a minute. So let me ask you this cuz you're going on and on. But essentially, you're in if you're a basketball junkie, you're in basketball heaven right yeah, now. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, you're seeing every imaginable NBA player except yeah. the ones that didn't make it. Yeah, it's totally. I mean, even today, like, it's just everybody's in the same place. So j- today, Jason Tatum, Tatum's talking to the media, and then three Miami Heat players just walk by. Bam Adebayo, mm-hmm. Jimmy, and I think Goron just walked by as Jason's being interviewed. Like, the, the Celtics and the Heat are practicing literally, like, 75 or 50 feet from each other. It's crazy. Like, like if you don't know guys, you get to know them here because everyone's in the same place. And when it was 22 teams, it was like the the convention center hallway where all these people were coming out practicing was like the spot. Like, dudes was hanging out, talking, catching up. Oh, what up, dude? Like, cats who played against each other in college or together in college. Guys was going out to lunch afterwards. So it was kind of a big kind of convention, a fraternity in a sense, uh, when it was like 22 teams or even like when it was 16 teams when the playoffs started. So um, it was, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. If you can handle the everyday monotony of just, you know, not being able to leave, um, taking, taking the buses where you got to go. Cause there's, there's buses that take us to where they practice. There's buses to take us. Like I got every 30 minutes is a bus that takes us to the arena tonight where the Lakers play the Nuggets and we just every th- figure out what, when you want to go to the game. So I'll jump on a 5.30 bus, and um, that's life every I mean, day. Dude, th- th- this sounds to me almost like, you know, and I don't mean to be sacrilegious or anything, but it's close to prison, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you're talking about you being in a room. You were stuck there for like five days. Yeah. You said you couldn't go out. Okay, I'm just saying, Max, I'm going to say this. Okay, I'm say Maybe this. the first part. The first part got prison vibes for sure, yeah. I'm going to say this. Five days yeah, in that so room. brothers in prison who, who would probably be really offended by that statement you just made. Like, <laughs> who's in real prison. Like, who's in real Rikers. I mean, I'm, real, yeah, real sing, real sing, sing. First you know, of all, you, first of all, you're not. Look, you don't have. You don't. Oh, honestly, I, I, I'm look, I'm doing person. like this. I am. Gary, you're blowing out in the yard. You will wet you up in the yard because to me, this is this is the ultimate sacrifice. I mean, I, I I didn't know. I, look, for me, it would be tough. Because you're telling well, what you told me. Prison, be in your room the whole time. Not coming out, having people because you're you're saying you're not in prison, but you're saying there are cameras all over the place. <laughs> you got the you got the wristband on. People, you gotta go to a room. Only thing you ain't got on is handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> we, we ain't get like an hour on the yard, really. And, and, <laughs> and, and you told me the first couple of days, you told me the food was horrible. It was it was horrible. <laughs> It was so, prison food. So That's I, y'all so, to prison. It was, it was and you got you got the weights. You say you got the state of the art facilities. <laughs> yeah, it was prison food. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Like, <laughs> like for example, like there was one guy. There's a guy who from the NBA who was here, who a former player who works for the league who was here, and he was talking to his coworker from the league who's like, "Yeah, I'm going home early." So he said, oh, man, I'm going to need to cause a fight with you on the yard so you can stay longer. So, like, we we were talking about prison. Like, people constantly making prison references or whatever. Or when guys guys get out of a quarantine, or they just got out of solitary, and now they can see the sun. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's it's jokes, but it's just jokes. I don't want no prison dude emailing me talking about, oh, you want to trade places? No, I don't want to trade places. I'm I'm all set in a bubble. So, yeah, I mean, it's got its limitations. You can't have family or friends visit. The players can, but we can't. 
So I mean, yeah, it's a, it's it's not easy. Let me let me ask you this though. I don't think that's fair, man. You had. Let me ask you this. Bothers me. When Would you? Say, let, all right, there's say, going to be another bubble. Hold <laughs> on, let Gary speak. Man, I'm you, scared when you say, let me ask you this, because it's about to be a, like, when you say that, I'd be scared. Like, there ain't going to be no fun question. <laughs> no, it's, it's say, never a fun question, but you know you have to get hustled. Let me, hey, bro, <laughs> let me ask you this. That is never a good thing. That is never a good thing. When, no. you lead, when you lead with, let me ask you this. That's no, about to be, this, is, this is a great question. <laughs> I'm just saying. The question is, the question oh, is, if there is a bubble for the next thing, would you volunteer again to go back? No, not three months. I mean, no. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think it's going to be like this. I think they'll play games in empty arenas first because I think what the NFL has done and with baseball, like they've – like baseball is kind of out of control for a minute, but baseball's gotten better. I think the NBA will take all the medicals and they hope that there's a vaccine by the time next season comes and they'll play, if anything, in empty arenas and they'll play more regional. They might have a more regional schedule where, you know, there might not be, uh, you know, Lakers Celtics twice a year or something like that. They might adjust the schedule, who knows, um, and make it more regionalized. I don't know if they'll do that, but I mean, I think everyone down here understands kind of a once in a lifetime thing and you start to enjoy it. You start to, you start to, what? Like, next. Let me explain. I ain't say nothing. I'm listening. I just said what? <laughs> I can't say I what? I your face, man. Do you start to not enjoy the solitude, but the basketball, the, the, the access we get, you start to like the fact that you can go up to any player, you can go cover any practice, you're there at the arena, your, your seats are way better than they are at the garden, okay. um, you know, and you can hear things. You hear the dudes talk mess. The guys, you can talk to guys. You can say what's happening in the back of the lot. The stuff that we'll never see again, we'll never get again. And I think that there's a, there's a, you want to do the work. You want to cover this thing all the way through. I think some of the guys who are going home early because they had certain guys who were coming for like the first two months and then the person from their same paper or website were coming for the final month. They didn't want to leave not because they didn't want to see their wives or whatever. It was because they wanted to cover this thing all the way through. They wanted to cover it to the finals. They wanted to see this thing come to, to fruition. So I think certain guys are like, damn, I really wanted to, I was kind of enjoying covering this in this situation because it is history. Well, okay, I am going to say that. Now let me ask you this. Okay, it's a loaded question. Oh, do you not miss, and, and I understand you as, as a person, but do you do you miss your female companionship? Because you have a girlfriend. <laughs> you knew he was going to go there, Gary. What kind of question is that? That's yes. a question. Look, Gary, that's a question that has to be asked. That's all. Of course. That's all that has to be it's asked. It's a sacrifice. It's a serious sacrifice. This ain't fun, like personal life fun. You get to hang out with members of the media, you get to know people that you, you've, you've seen over the years and you get to know them, like you get to break bread with them, have conversations. I've met a lot of people here that I honestly either saw on passing and said, hey, how you doing, what's up? And didn't know them very well. And I've gotten to really know them. I think that's the benefit. Like, well, well, who, Who's the most interesting person that you've met and you say, wow, I didn't know him and now you have a, a general sense of like kind of who he is or you have his number and you guys are going to maybe kick it after you leave the bubble or whatever. It's, about kick, it's like even like, okay, I've gotten to know or talk to Monty McCutcheon, the, the supervisor. He sits in front of us every game. Okay. And so we'll just be like, Monty, what kind of call was that? What'd you think of that call? He off the record. He'll tell us like he's, when you when you're here, y'all kind of feel like y'all are family members because we're all yeah. going through the same thing: the, te the daily testing, the quite the questionable food. So everybody, get, everyone down here is nicer because they know we're all going through that same struggle. Now, now are are officials allowed to have female get? I mean, guests? I don't think so. I don't think okay. officials are. So it's just, it's just the players. It's just and, and, now and the, the coaches, coaches now. And the they allow the coaches. Everybody else who is there. NBA like Mark Jackson, uh, those guys. They're in tier two, though. Remember, Max, they're in tier two. Like Mark Jackson, Chris Webber, they are not down. They are – the booth is up, 
and they can, they're in the second tier where they're staying, some of them are staying at the, ESPN they put their people up at the Waldorf Astoria, so it's like coming to America. Oh. They're like, they're like, they're like <laughs> Shemi, Shemi and um, Hakeem. So, Hakeem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're at the Waldorf Astoria and their experience is a little different. They can, you know, they eat food at the Waldorf, you know, but they, and they get tested, I think every three days, but they go a different entrance. They come and they leave like, we don't, we can say, what's up? Like, I can look at Chris Webb and say, hey, what's up, Webb? Or what's up, Mark Jackson from, like, 60, or Mark Jones from ESPN from 60, 70 feet? But we can't slap hands. We can't do nothing. If I touch them, I cannot, because they're not tested every day. So they, the Gary, did you know that heading in? Huh? Did you know that no media members are going to be able to have family come visit? I thought that they might loosen it. They were talking about, like, no, and then, when like, right before, I decided, or wipe them like a week before they were like, no. And then there was thoughts of like, okay, they might loosen. And they've loosened some rules around here. When it was, when we first got down here, they were scared. And, you know, they didn't know, they didn't have all the negative tests. They didn't know. Yeah, it was brand new. We were really restricted um, as opposed to now where they've let us walk in some certain places we weren't allowed to walk before. Because the players, when the players decided. Prison! Prison. <laughs> it's called prison, okay? You can go on all you want to. You can't walk no place. You can't do this. That's prison, man. I don't give, don't give a damn what you say. The first five days, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little solitary confinement vibe. Me and Jose got people in prison, man. They ain't prison, ain't prison man. Jose, <laughs> wait a They would agree with that. Yeah, Jose, you got people in prison? <laughs> I mean, you got your brother, but I don't know anybody else. (laughs) Second, third cousin, something like that. Okay, look, first of all, I have friends who have been there and have been, but I don't know anything about, I ain't never had no handcuffs. I ain't never had nobody tell me where I couldn't go. And in the basketball sense, it's, it's fascinating to me as a basketball player because I put myself in that same mode. And I start thinking about how what, 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 uh, what twenty-eight year old Max do twenty-two, twenty-three. <laughs> yeah, right. How would he Are you? Are you got to be kidding me? You think <laughs> I'm gonna go through this whole thing? Because I can understand, you know, why House maybe did what he did if he was down there for, you know, yeah, I mean, a couple of I've months and told, not doing I've, anything. Yeah, see, that's what this is all about, Gary. He's he's I've strictly talking about women companionship. He's he's talking about not being able to go without sex for that long. That's what Max getting at. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> that's why some of the players got family or got, you know, companions coming in. I mean, they went whatever two months without it. If the, if they were following the rules, I don't know if they following the rules. I ain't in the bedroom and I ain't asking no questions. I'm going to well, ask you another question then. Do you think that 100% of other than other than House, let's take him out of it, have, have gone through this thing and not had sex? Before the families got in? Before the families got Probably here. Probably not, no. They, they okay. found their way. If you if you had said if you had said yes, then I was gonna say you were in prison. <laughs> you won't rat them nobody. Well, I ain't them nobody. I don't know nothing. Nope. I he's gonna do the he's gonna do the full ride, yo. He ain't no, snitching. Man, I ain't I ain't getting I ain't getting beat down in, in the in the in the uh in the yard because <laughs> somebody said no. I didn't I didn't I didn't uh you know. Giving up some information. Uh-uh. This episode of Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by Awaken 180. Head over to Awaken180.com. Max, tell them why they should. Man, that is a place to be. If you want to lose weight during this pandemic, a couple of things happen. Immediately in the first week, you're going to lose 10 to 12 pounds. You're going to do that. But then on top of that, you don't have to go in. It's virtual now. And uh, they got one of the best people in their page in one of the owners of the place. She is remarkable. So you, you get you get a double bonus. You mm-hmm. lose weight and you get friendly people and you get a chance to do it virtually from home. That's right. All six locations have now reopened for your virtual program. Head online to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. That's Awaken180WeightLoss.com. You see how you told me a minute ago, it ain't prison. And then you start using things like, I ain't getting beat down in the yard. I ain't. <laughs> I know you lost that. I know you lost that. <laughs> but the fact is, is that, like, 
it's a sacrifice for everybody. Everybody yeah. is going through it. So that's kind of why every, and, and, I, and I was told that like the players would never do this again. Like the players, as much as they, they have been okay, they're, they're glad that they're able to conclude the season, that they've been able to ball and they've been able to, to meet friends and fellow players. They would never ever agree to this again. So the, the bubble, I think this is the last bubble. The bubble's gonna burst. I don't think they're going to do any type of bubble unless there's family there and all that. I don't think the players would agree to this again. So in, in your opinion, this championship, what they're playing for right now, is really deserved. Oh, God, of yes. all the hardships yes. they've had to go oh, through. Playing in front of no fans, play, like having to motivate yourself, it's different with no fans. There's, you, you know, like when, when Ananobi hit that shot, there was nothing. It was just like silence. You know, like it was that's no, how I was on the radio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you hear that, like, exactly. that's all I could. Damn, that's all I could say. There's no reaction. There was no like. It was just the Toronto uh, folks running onto the floor when guys were at the free throw line. It is. I mean, except for that fake crowd noise when the first started before the crowd noise got became a part of it. It was literally like summer league. It was like you could hear shoes squeaking. You could hear everything and and free throws were like silent the whole gym because what you have there is you have the players you have who are facing that you guys can see on tv and the officials and then the people behind those those uh you know hockey kind of screens the people the official scores and things like that then on our side is the media team officials um league officials things like that so ain't nobody here cheering so when they get to the free throw line, it's literally silent. Well, two two questions. And I'll let Joe sway because I feel like I monopolized this thing. But two questions. First of all, question number one, this wouldn't have been good at all for a guy like Kevin Garnett, would it, with his vocals? Oh, no, they would have had to do a, they do a long <laughs> delay. I mean, it's funny. Like, I'm live tweeting the games, and people are, like, hating me because the ABC telecast is like, a minute behind, and I'm live. What you want me to do? Wait a minute before I say, "Oh, Marcus Smart, you know, got this key bucket." Like, what is it that? Like, I, I would love people to tell me what they want me to do. Don't lie to the game. It's spoiling my. It's spoiling my my experience watching the game. I'm sorry, your cable company and, and your broadcast is two minutes behind what I see. I'm sorry. What you want me to do? Wait. Hold on. All right. OG, OG hit the winning shot, but let me wait two minutes before I see that. <laughs> All right. The second question. You break that news. Tell, tell, me about, tell me about Rondo's brother and Westbrook going back at that. That to me was hysterical. I was like, what? It was, it I, I was. saw Westbrook looking over like, what? What you say? Who's your, who, who, who? He was like, whose man is this? Because, said that? yeah, whose man is this? Because they was going at each other, and he was like, you trash, you trash. Because Rondo and Westbrook were talking – Westbrook was talking mess when they were down 29. Yeah, I heard that. And he's like, y'all better double me and things like that. So him and Rondo got into it. So Rondo's brother, who's – I don't know how he got this job, but he's in charge of the barbers here. Because they got – they got barbers here that had to quarantine. We done hung out with those guys. Yo, he, he brought some of the best hairstylists yeah. all, like, I mean, all over the world. Yeah. yeah, they are some outstanding. I've gotten some of the best cuts uh, by a young lady named Sasha in Milwaukee. I'm give her a plug in Milwaukee who just gave me some of the best cuts I've had, you know, because they brought like the creme de la creme because these, right. these players, you know, they got to have a fresh cuts or the braids, or whatever they do to their hair, they got to get it fresh and lined up and all that. So they brought, so Rondo's brother's in charge of the barbers. So they started talking, he started yelling at Westbrook, and he was sitting in, in near the bench, so they could clearly hear each other. So uh, Westbrook's like, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Yeah, that's what I heard, that part I heard. Like, whose man is this? Whose man is this? <laughs> and then Rondo's brother gave him a dame, Goodbye. Yeah. Like this. And so like bye. Yeah, yeah. So an NBA security dude who and ain't, ain't no been no security issues in this place. Had to like go up and like, damn, man, you gonna make me work today? Like, come on, you gotta get up <laughs> out of here. So, you know, and he was like, What? And he didn't like 
push a big fuss about it. He walked out, and it was just hilarious to Marco. That's Rondo's brother. I, didn't, I had saw the back of his head. I didn't see his face. And Mark was Mark Spears was sitting where he could see his face. Well, because we obviously we remember Ronald's brother from Boston. So like it was like wow, that's Ronald's brother. That was hilarious. So yeah, they escorted him out. But he could he's still around. They didn't like ban him from games. But like man, you can't be in the family section because that's what people thought. Oh, there's gonna be mamas out there. Get my boy. Like it's really not been like that. There's been cheering, for, but there's been no real issues of family sex. People are like, oh man, they gonna let Uncle Curtis up in this joint, and he gonna be sipping on something. Like, you know, like, I was like, no, that is not been that has not been the case. Prison, prison. They have not let. They have not had um, any issues with the family. It's been cooperative. Little kids. Um, you know, it's been a, a kind of a. a a refreshing atmosphere to see families or whatever and to see have the players can look and see their girlfriends baby baby mamas uh wives daughters sons whatever you know it's it's Side piece. for them <laughs> all right so take me through uh, the moments after game two gary well, what's the first thing you heard what's the, was it a chair was it the yelling uh take me through the moments of uh of what happened in this in the southern locker room after game two Okay. Well, what happened? What 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 we're um, it's kind of yeah. Take me through the setup because it must be much different. These are not state of the these are not state of the art arenas. These are nice arenas for like a high school game and a college game, right? They have spruced it up. They put all the special effects, the video boards, but the you talking about the locker rooms and some of the facilities are not NBA standards. They're nice. They're acceptable for for three months, but they're not so. The Celtics go into the locker room. They put a barrier up with the security guard. So Malika Andrews from ESPN and I were standing behind that barrier. There's also another way, if I, we walked all the way around, that we could go to, to the front and see the front door. We were sitting, we were waiting behind the locker room near where the player's restroom is. I've not, I haven't been in these locker rooms. We're not allowed in, obviously, because of COVID. So I can't tell you how many... Um, Restrooms are in the locker room, how big they are or whatever. I can't tell. I don't think it's that big where you could go and, and, you know, multiple players can go in. It's probably one or two stalls. So they put a bat. There's a bathroom down the hall, short walk from the locker room outside where there's, I think, five or six stalls and, and players can go use the restroom. And there it says players only restroom. Like we could not go in that restroom. So can you walk past that though? No, no, we were we were right in front of that bathroom. The barrier okay, okay, started gotcha. where the front gotcha. door or the where the opening of the bathroom was. Where the barriers, okay. Yeah. So and there's a security guard there. She gets clearance from the league. Okay, they're ready to address the media. So all of a sudden, Malik and I just hear noise, yelling. Like just multiple voices. Stuff getting hit in the wall. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, you know, just multiple voices, loud, sounded like Brad. Like, it was not just Marcus. I just want to emphasize yeah. that. Marcus right. walked out of the room to the bathroom, and that's when he made his famous statement, y'all on some – can I cuss here? Y'all um, – Yeah, yeah, you can do it. Y'all on some bullshit. Y'all on some bullshit. And he just shook yeah. his head and walked into the bathroom, okay? The, the yelling and screaming continued, okay? It was not – it did not stop. There was stuff being thrown against the wall. We couldn't tell what it was, but it was literally – Marcus was in the bathroom a strong five minutes, okay? So it was still going on. Marcus walks out of the bathroom, back to the locker room. Lock Yelling continues for 20-plus minutes. Stuff being thrown. The NBA folks are looking, like, real uncomfortable. Like, you know, (laughs) we can't do anything about this. We can't go in there. So it's just you and Malika standing there. Yes, and then there's some other media members on the other side facing the door. We're still behind the barrier. They walked all the way around because it's a circle. So they walked mm-hmm. all the way around and heard, but they didn't see Marcus like we did. On the bathroom side. Yeah, they didn't hear Marcus right. say what he said like we did. So we got that insight. So it was lots of yelling, lots of screaming, lots of stuff hitting the walls for 20, 25 minutes. I've never heard that that long. I've heard stuff going on locker rooms. I've heard 
locker rooms be closed for a while. I have never heard a 25-plus minute argument. You know, oh, you're just exaggerating. No, I've been around. I ain't got to exaggerate for nobody. Right. If it was just a minor, like, brush up, Marcus gets into it with dudes on the floor. Like, if I mm-hmm. wanted to write everything, last year Kyrie left on um, Jerome Allen in Dallas. Right. During the game. If I wanted to write every time players went at it and said it was a huge deal, I could no. This was right. long. This was unusual. I've never seen anything like this where stuff was hitting the wall and it sounded like Brad was in there. Because when Brad came out to the locker room for his interview, he was beat red. Okay. So Brad was doing yelling. Okay, mm-hmm. I could tell voices now. Brad yeah. was yelling. Brad was yelling. Yeah, I read your, I read your column. He was screaming, yeah. um, "Calm down!" Right? Yeah, or, he was just, he was like, he was t- yelling. Assistant coaches were yelling. Jalen, Marcus, you know. Now I can't say whether Shimmy was involved or like you know Carson Edwards. No, I mean it was not a whole. <laughs> the whole team wasn't fighting, but it was main guys that had issues with each other. Like, man, this is breaking down here because. This is like they are arguing for real and about stuff that was probably happened way before game two. This was not just one particular play. This was probably like you've been doing this BS for like through two years now. Things that just probably came out that were that were not probably from about the game, but had been harboring. So that's what happened. That's what we heard. We came out, Marcus didn't talk. Jalen was really the only one that admitted something went down. But it was, I was told that it was crazy in there. It got crazy. So uh, it was all basketball related stuff. Let me ask you this. Have, have, you been, have you been impressed by Jalen? I mean, because everything I keep hearing is just Jalen's always a stand-up guy. Jalen came out of the players, players meeting and Jalen said this, and Jalen, it just seemed like this was a, a growth period for him to be really almost the leader, the, the leader of this team. Yeah, well, I think Jalen is is kind of taking the mantle of being one of the leaders of, of, of you know, his, his role in the Player Association. Um, he's a natural-born leader, and I think he's gotten more comfortable saying things and speaking out against, obviously, social injustice and the Breonna Taylor case. So, yeah, J- I think Jalen's felt very comfortable in this forum. Um, you know, I think he's wanted to concentrate. You know, he told me, like, listen, I love ball, too. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm here to play ball. Like, I, as much as I want to be a social leader, social activist, I love the game. I love both. I love black people, and I love my people, and I also love basketball. So I think that people tend to have tended to put him in his category of what well, does he really love the game? Or is he too smart for his own good and that type of thing? But I think that he's done a wonderful job of, of conducting himself and kind of having a strong voice, like not backing down to guys like LeBron. People were mad in those player meetings. Guys who went to the Bucks players like, hey, hold, hold up. How y'all just go boycott and not tell nobody? Like, what the hell? <laughs> we, we, like, about to go to the arena. We heard you know from what? the Gary, that really sounds more like you right now. No, it's true. That sounds like some shit you'd say. Come on. Damn, man. Y'all ain't going to tell me? What What the hell is going on? Maybe maybe these young cats is like me. Yeah. Because they was like, like, hold up, man. Like, how you going to boycott? And then can you send a text to a brother? Like, (laughs) Give a heads up. Yeah, we get to the arena and we're like, the Bucks are not coming out the locker room. And like, the, remember, there were two more games that day. There were the Rockets right. and the Thunder and the Lakers and the Blazers. And none of them two te- four teams knew what was going on. So LeBron <laughs> and some of these guys went to the Bucks players was like, man, what, y'all just put us out there on an island. Can y'all, like, send, send teams a text or do something? Because everybody got each other's numbers. So right. let us know when you're going to do this whole Martin Luther King boycott thing. And so <laughs> we all know whether to boycott because – Teams are like, well, what should we do? Should we just play? So yeah. the Rockets and the Thunder, I think, were kind of working out. They were just getting to the arena. They just bounced. And then the Lakers and Blazers, like, we're not even showing up. So in those meetings, there were some players who were ups- upset with the Bucks players. Jalen stood up for them. was like, no, nah, they should do what they felt like. That's the right thing to do. So Jalen came in defense of the Bucks players. Um, and that was against like some of the guys like LeBron and other guys who came out and were upset that the Bucks felt like they mm. were unfair to the rest of the league. Like, hey, if you're going to do this, 
because people been talking about. Remember, in the days before, Fred Van Vliet, Jordan Powell, Jay, like the the Celtics and the Raptors were talking about boycotting Game One, and so right. all of a sudden the Bucks did it, and and there so guys felt caught off guard. This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. You can get in on the action right now. The season opening bonuses is the best way to start you off. Wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head to BetOnline.ag. AG and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. That's betonline.ag. Betonline, your online sportsbook experts. I guess my follow up question to that is uh, what did you make of, of, of Jalen Brown? Obviously, after that game two uh, incident, that situation, he gets two out of those last three shots, to, uh, three three pointers to go down. If he gets that third one, we're talking about a, a tie game heading into overtime. Like, talk to Talk to his role down the stretch. Do you feel like Jalen may be in a space where he's thinking, wait a minute, guys, like, is it, you know, is it me when things are going well, but then down the stretch it's going to be ultimately Kemba or, or Tatum? Am I even in the mix here? Like, do you think some of that conversations or some of those arguments had a little bit to do, or at least that's how Jalen was feeling, that maybe he's sort of out of, like, out of the uh, options when it comes to down the stretch? It's between those two instead of him? I think that there was some anger and a disappointment with Jalen for like kind of his reduced role. And remember, when when Miami's playing that zone, Jalen was just stuck there in the corner. If you look at right. all the plays of the game one and game two where Tatum was taking the long three and Kimba got blocked by Jay Crowder at the rim and then um, even Jason getting to the rim and getting blocked by Adebayo, Jalen was kind of sitting there in the corner. The zone did that to him, and they needed to find a way to get Jalen active in that zone. And finally, in Game Three, they made those adjustments. I don't know why they didn't make. But those isn't, isn't that about? Isn't that more about coaches, or is it more yes, about? Yes, no, I don't think Jalen was mad at. I don't. I think mean, Jaylen, because the players. I talked to Larry Bird about this, and he and I were talking you talked about, to Larry Bird. Yeah, I'm breaking some news for you, okay? Yeah, Max. You going to drop that like that? I heard about this. Hell, half frozen over. We were just talking. You got, here we go. Okay. Chris, okay. Yeah, I need Gary to, to elaborate on that. We got to talk. We got to get some enemies together because if this happened, we got to get some dudes. We got to get some cats beefing like what? Like, who, who, who are the enemies you got, man? Let's call them up. Like, I mean, I, I did. I already talked to James Worthy already. Yeah, so okay. I'm Michael going Cooper. through this whole this whole pandemic thing right now. Okay, okay, I'm, Max. I'm forgiving people, Carr, man. Go get, M- go get ML Carr in a. I I I forgave all those. Matter of fact, I was trying to do something with with magic. The thing that we were talking about was to break a zone that you had to, and you play ball enough that you got to get the ball in the middle, yeah. and then then they pinch in and they. They were trying to be the zone by dribbling. Yeah. Me and Larry were talking. They said you cannot – you pass the ball, a zone cannot shift fast it's enough. And that's what the Celtics really didn't do. And it just seemed like – and now in the second game, they found a little bit more of a niche. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's going to win this series between Miami and Boston? I don't know, Max. I mean, I hate to be – I mean, the Celtics have a, some way the momentum and Gordon's back. But Miami a good ball club. I mean, Miami, you know, I put Miami on the spot. People were asking me, what, what's the team to watch? And I was like, this is the year. If Miami's going to do something, because they've been talking, you know, they missed the playoffs like a couple years ago by a game, I believe. And, and they've been trying to rebuild. Like, if this is the team, if they're all healthy, they got crowded, they got Iguodala now, and they brought in Butler. And this is the year for them to do something. And they've done something. And they're a good team. I think we – we kind of we overlooked them. I and mean, Miami's, as much as they're a high, big market team, you don't really watch them a lot. They don't have, they didn't have LeBron and Wade anymore. So people kind of overlooked them. But Hero and Robinson, how good they are, um, they, have, they play well together. So I think tomorrow is key because the Celtics, like Miami's not happy. They're, they keep saying we, we're, we're constantly falling behind. If you really look at the numbers, the Celtics have been overall outplayed them. They could be up 3-0 in this series. 
But, but it's these stretches, the third quarter of game two, the fourth quarter of game one where the Celtics foul too much, Tice fouling too much, getting Miami in the bonus with eight minutes left and Miami living at the free throw line and, and they're able to come back and, and send the game into overtime. So, I mean, I think the Celtics have dominated a better team, but Miami just has that desire. Now, is Miami going to – I thought – that Miami was going to play a clunker. They had played so well in the bubble during the playoffs. The only game they had lost before game three was when Chris Middleton went nuts mm-hmm. um, in overtime game four. And, and, yeah. and, and, and took it away. And, and Milwaukee was playing desperate without Giannis. Like, that was the only game that they lost. So I knew they were, they, like, they were due for, like, a, what, what the Celtics did in game four against Toronto. They were due for a clunker. Was game three their clunker? I don't know. I can't say, like, they played terribly. I mean, they missed a lot of threes, but Adebayo still went off. Tyler Hero had 22 points. You know, Jimmy wasn't quite himself, Jimmy Butler. So is this the way it is now with Gordon there and the Celtics got their swag back a little bit? I mean, that's a tough question to answer because, like, it could just be a one-game exception. Or oh, yeah. All right, put it like this. So you give me a lot of stuff to go on. If the Celtics win game two, who do you favor? Game four? Game I think four. They, I think they have control of the series again. I mean, we've seen teams go up 2-0 and then lose four in a row. It happened last year when Toronto took a 2-0 lead. Sorry, uh, Milwaukee took a 2-0 lead on Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and the Raptors won the next four. So is it is is what Miami's putting up, is it kind of a fool's goal? Is it eventually going to run out, or is this who they are? Because we didn't really get to see Miami against Milwaukee because Giannis got hurt. And then they're a one-man team. And the guys that, quite honestly, kill the Celtics, the George Hills, they didn't – like Dante DiVincenzo's, the guys we've seen, Eric Bledsoe's, have, you know, like, they, they shrunk. So, because mm-hmm. I'm watching this game, like, hold up, where are all these dudes who <laughs> was killing the hell out of the Celtics the last two years? Like, where are these dudes at? Because Middleton looked like, you know, he looked like Michael Jordan against the Celtics. He had a decent couple of games, but even he was, like – they pressured him and he didn't play well. So I, I didn't know if that was like an exception. Like, is this Miami or is this Milwaukee? Well, with so, this whole, with this whole bubble experience, I have to ask you watching doc rivers and that team implode. Yeah. That had to be just, it was like, in disbelief. I, it was what, uh, that was game one of the Celtics or whatever. So I was in a different arena. Like we can walk to the arenas so you can go to one game. That's a great thing. Why people like the bubble too. You can walk from one playoff game to another. So I finished my all my work for game one and then walked over to game seven. And it was the fourth quarter. And I think Denver was up like 14. Yeah. And we were kind of following the score. And they were up, you know, first it was the Clippers were up 14. Then they were up eight. Then they were up four. Then they were up, you know, it was just like they were getting, then all of a sudden this, Nuggets were up eight. Then when I got the Nuggets up 14, it was just like, and everyone in the stadium was just in disbelief. Like, this is really going to happen. They're going to blow this 3-1 lead. And they're not even going to compete in the fourth quarter. Like, this is not going down to the wire. Denver got this. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those, it was one of those, Max, I felt like the team was all, all, all over the place, all over the place. Like, you had Lou Williams getting, getting, more quarantine for the for being at the strip club. Mont, Montrez Harold missed a month uh, due to the death of his friend. I'm not downplaying that, but he missed a month. Um, Landry Shamit and Zubak both had COVID. You know, Paul George was was down and depressed because he wasn't playing well and he was reading the social media pages. And you know these young folks, they just come at you, man. Like, like it's it's, it's sad how social media has become, oh, you trash, you suck, mm-hmm. you know, like all these people that just really want to get under your skin and it's sad how that's going and, and that messes with your mental health if you if you go through all and scroll down and read all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think there's, there's no there. middle. Huh? It's either you're amazing or you're terrible. You're you're trash. Trash. Yeah, like, and it's sad that that's how it's gone, but if you read all that, that, gets you, that can get you down. And I just think, don't think this team was ever quite together. I think they had championship aspirations. And Patrick Beverly, you know, it just what kind of, you know, is he really a leader? And he kind of shrunk in this moment. Marcus Morris, like you had major talent, 
And then the, they didn't make adjustments. Jokic looked like Shaq. You know, Jamal Murray was getting in them. You know, Millsap. And I think that one moment, Max, where Marcus Morris stepped to Millsap, and I don't think Millsap's a dude you step to. Like, he's quiet. He's a Louisiana cat. Like, that dude ain't yeah. – that dude, that dude ain't – he's been through some stuff. So, mm-hmm. Millsap ain't – he's not – you know, he ain't one of them dudes that talks a lot. But I don't know if he's a guy you step to like that. <laughs> and, and, and Marcus Morris – I love Marcus. He had a great run in Boston. I think hopefully he makes a good amount of money in free agency. I think he's a good player, but I think he was trying to get in his head. It didn't work. And that seemed to flip the series. Remember they came back and won that game. Then they won the next game and then the next game. So, you know, it is, it, it's, it's unbelievable. How, how did, how did doc, how did doc see? Because I keep That's hearing doc say, well, we had this, we had that. I think he thought they were talented enough to win, but he's also he also didn't think his team was in shape. He also didn't think that his team was in good shape. He said he had guys asking out of the game in the in the second half. He said there are certain guys he couldn't play more than three minutes at a time. And I don't know what these guys are doing in the bubble. Wow. And I just think Gary, that they, you're you're telling me about the bubble though. What the hell have you got to do other than get on the treadmill and go around the place? <laughs> you, you get, there's no excuse not to be in shape there. Yeah. You're, yeah, not, cha- you remember, you're, you're not chasing no women. You ain't doing this. You ain't going all over the place. You ain't going to have people. You're not in shape in a situation like that. I agree. I I think that what Doc said was that. You know, these guys have been distracted. And also, too, you know, Lou Williams missed a couple of weeks. Montrez Hill missed a month. I don't think they ever got quite back in basketball shape. I think they got in shape enough to play. But, you know, these guys, these training camps, like that's why some of these teams like Miami and are good shape because these training camps, when they got down here, a lot of these teams was putting in that work. And when guys are going home for a week, two weeks, three weeks, then you come back and you got to literally quarantine for a week. And Lou Williams had a quarantine for, uh, I want to say, 10 days. You can't get that shape back. I mean, I don't care how many laps you run and sprints and suicides. Like, I don't think that he, there is There is basketball shape and then there's game shape. Game shape. And I don't think that, I don't think that some of his guys ever got into game shape. And I don't, and Paul, George, I don't think mentally was there. I just think the bubble, like people have talked about Pascal Siakam, like the bubble affected him some kind of way to where he was a shell of the player he was during the regular season. And I think the Raptors were like, it's just the bubble because it, it that that I I can't I can't go with that. I, I just can't live with that because I think about as a player, you gotta play the game. You do it. You played. You played outside in the cold back in the day, or played in the environment. Said so for you to read articles saying that you're trash, and that gets in your head mentally. That to me, that that's just really soft. Because I, I, I just think these younger I, players. I think these uh, younger players are way. Affected. He's not young though. He is yeah, right, 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 right. the thirty somethings. The young, the guys that were 29, 30, Social media. I remember we talked to Danny Green, who was like, listen, all we got down here is our phones. Like, we can watch, you can watch as much YouTube and Netflix as you want. When you're in the bubble and you ain't got no distractions, sometimes that ain't necessarily a good thing. You play video games and you can look at your phone. And so yeah. these guys, they, they sit there and they look at their phone. Like, that's why I'm all on the Kimba team. Kimba said, I don't have no Twitter account. I don't have no Instagram. Like, I wouldn't, if I was probably playing, I wouldn't do that either unless, and I know these guys' agents, oh, you got to market this and you got to promote this on, you you need to have an account to promote your new shoe and all that. But I think these guys sit there at the wane hours of the night or home from games, especially after a bad game, and they look at their Instagram comments. Like, and people, and I heard like Paul George shut his comments down. So what do you think that does? That makes people even want to comment more. You know, yeah. because he shut them down. It's sad because I just think, you know, these these guys are hard. Like, these people who are, you know, follow the game or whatever, and they just want to be noticed. They just want to call you trash. They want to they say something insulting. And if you read that constantly, 
it's going to get to you. And I think not everybody, but I think George, Paul George it might not be the – not to say he's weak mentally. He might not be the guy who can just blow that off. Do you think that would have affected me? Do you think that was a what? You think that would have affected me? You uh, – Maxwell said to Maxwell, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> No. You just want to get that out there, Max? Or you just want to say? I, I just don't know. I, like I'm thinking, like, oh, oh my God, this guy said I was trash. Okay. The only person I know that I got to you was sitting behind a basket in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, 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 they, oh! See, you <laughs> went that far with me. You, you hit me with that. That's okay. It's all good. We, can we can we roll that video? Can we roll some tape up in here? Like, oh my! So, so just the, wait. What did he say about being a rat and being a freak? The way and, the NBA used to be. Oh, you've been locked up long man. enough, Max. When you've the been locked up long enough, you know? be, when you could go and beat somebody's ass in the stands and still play in the game. That's the way <laughs> I, the NBA I grew up on. Yes, that's a grown man right there. Well, Gary, let me ask you this then. What about the culture that I feel like the Clippers have going on? And, you know, Doc, of course, has a lot to do with that. Like, the coming and going, how guys were, you know, coming late to the bubble or they were leaving and yeah, all that time. Like, I feel like it was the culture in itself where it's like, look, if you're going to do this bubble thing, you're either all in or you're going to be all out. There's yeah, no one between. three guys lead and two guys have COVID. I mean, I can't blame the guys for COVID, but you had Beverly and and they had Beth and Lou, Lou Williams too, you know. Um, but it, it's hard for me to believe they didn't go and go like, ooh, let me just take a couple extra days. You know what I'm saying? Because of their limitations and the restrictions. Yeah, they ain't got no strip clubs. The man did the that when he went and got, got chicken, he went and got chicken wings yeah, at, at my place got, down in Atlanta. Good food. They ain't got the they ain't got the magic city wings, but they got good food. Yeah, but also, also what about all the uh, the fine management and all those, those all days off? You know, yeah, I, just, I just think the play, some of these guys probably took a deep breath, enjoyed themselves a little too much, and what does that say to your teammates when you guys spend extra time in quarantine? You can't practice. Yeah, you can't yeah. do nothing. You can look at practice on video that the, that the team you know video guy sends you and you can look at what they're working on but you can't practice what does that say to your teammate what does that say to Kawhi, who i was told really didn't want to come to the bubble anyway which is not surprising the sacrifice he made meanwhile the lakers you know basically all come down as a team rondo breaks his hand then rehabs somewhere near here then comes in early, works out, and comes back early. Like, that says a lot about the Lakers' chemistry. Like, you look at the Lakers and the Clippers, they're equal in talent, but it just seems like the Lakers, and maybe it's LeBron's leadership or AD's leadership or just the fact that the veterans on the yeah, team. So. And, he, and this is a team, quite honestly, that Avery opted out. Dwight Howard was thinking about opting out. You know, it, it wasn't like they had – all everything together, but they put everything together. They made the sacrifice. That's why LeBron said, like, I don't want my kids here. There's nothing for them to do here, which is a good point. Like, they can't go to Disney. So what are my kids going to do? Sit in the room all day, study what lesson plan virtually and play video games and come to the game. Like, is that uh, good for a 13, 14-year-old? He's got two, two sons and a daughter. Like, I, I agree with him in that sense. There's nothing for kids out here to do. So they should be back in L.A. with their nanny or mom or – Yeah, well, plus Gary, too. Bronny can't get his weed, you know? He can't smoke his weed. You know? No Bronny smoking weed. Yeah, that's You know, true. Bronny, he needs his weed. He can't be yeah, in a bubble with no weed. That's a bad look. That's oh, bad you ain't got nothing to- – <laughs> You know, when Gary start looking away like this, oh, y'all don't even know. I, don't <laughs> I, don't that. I know that look, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, it's a bad look, but I just think, honestly – I knew that there were some guys that were going to take to this and some guys who were just going to be like, this ain't me and I, I can't get right. And I think Paul George couldn't get right. I think certain guys kind of here and couldn't, if you want to look to a, 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 the, the movie Life, a couple of dudes down here called Can't Get Right. You know, um, <laughs> You know, yeah, that's what I thought of when you said you couldn't get right. Yeah, can't, there was some can't get right. So I, I think, honestly, it does – it can mess with you mentally. It can – you know, you're kind of closed off from the outside world. You can't go to your favorite restaurant. You can't go to your favorite bar. You can't go just drive around. We can't 
there's a loop here. I wrote about this, a 1.7 mile loop that everybody jogs around. That's the only out, like there's a gym here. The gym for us is limited to four people at a time. You have to sign up for it. So if there's four people and you ready to work out, you got to wait. And I don't know how long. So we say it one more time, brother. That's called prison. I don't give a damn what you say. You know, we, but first, you know, thank you very much. We ain't going to hold you. You know, it was, it was great being on Willison. No, I'll take more for questions. Me, I know you got more questions. I got one more. I got at least one I know more. you got more questions, man. I mean, no, I, I applaud you and what you did. I know you got a great to go to work. I applaud what you did. And, you know, to make that sacrifice to me is incredible for what you've done and the experience alone, as you're saying and talk about, you'll always remember this, but we'll always remember you bringing us in the bubble as, as and, and I feel like I know more about it now listening to you and uh, uh, me and Joseph Way appreciate you being on the podcast and enjoy your day. And, and we can't yeah. wait for you to, uh, Yo, we're going to meet you at the fence, dog, with a, you know, uh, a Cadillac or something and, you know, some weed and <laughs> some cold beers or something. And, and and bring, a boom, a bring, a boom, bring a boom box. Package. Bring a boom box. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll bring that public enemy tape, yo. That, that album you love. All right. All right. Wait, hold on. Hold on, Gary. Last, last thing. Last thing. Hold on. I, I got you, man. I'm going to give you a little plug here. Uh, tell me about the Spencer uh, Spencer Haywood rule oh, coming out yeah, in two weeks. That's Coming right, Max. I got a book coming out, man. Gary got a book coming out. Tell me about it. A, a story, a life story. Mark Spencer and I wrote a book on the life of Spencer Haywood, um, the first player to ever uh, leave high, sorry, college early and play in the NBA. But for people that don't understand and remember, that was against the, the rules, that you could not enter the league early out of college and play in the NBA. There was, it was, they were banned. So he had to go to the Supreme Court, all the way to Supreme Court, where Thurgood Marshall was one of the people that voted in favor of him in the early 1970s for him to be able to play in the NBA. Um, and he played in the ABA before then because the ABA was the new Vogue League. They were trying to get all the talent. So they said, hey, come into the, to the ABA. And he played there for a year. He was the MVP and Rookie of the Year for the Denver Rockets. Uh, but the, Den the, the leagues were folding and teams was kind of going under. So we ended up signing with Seattle. And there was times where they pulled them off the court because they were the NBA filed injunctions. And I think people don't realize that, like, back then, and even as this is before Max's time or whatever, like, the NBA was a bunch of, well, now it's 29 white owners or 28 with Vivid in Sacramento and Jordan. They were, they did not want a bunch of young brothers in the league, right? right. They did not want a bunch of young 19, 20 year olds coming straight from Chicago and the streets of Chicago and Detroit and LA and, you know, Charlotte to come to, straight to the league because the league then, as we all know, was mostly white and they wanted mm -hmm. to keep it that way. So there was a lot of um, resistance to Max, sorry, sorry, to uh, Haywood coming into the league. And even player, veteran, black veteran players who were like, you want these young brothers to take your job? You know, mm. you want these young brothers to take your spot? They were reluctant too, yeah. You know, so it wasn't like yep. you got support from, from like older NBA veterans who were like, hey man, like, come on in, we want you. It was even, right. even some of the guys he played against and played with who were against him. So his journey was pretty amazing considering he was able to fight that case. He used to play, but have a long NBA career. He had some drug issues. He was kind of posted as the face of the NBA's drug issues. And Max was in the league then. In the late whoa, whoa, thank you, dog, yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yeah, that's your era, man. That's What were you doing back then? <laughs> but, but you know what? I love, I love that story you guys are doing. And I'm, and I'm sure I'm not, there's going to be even more in that book. And the part that I love was, the deal that he had with Nike. Nike. Yeah. And he, that to me was absolutely astounding. Tell us a little bit about that before you go. Oh, yeah. So um, he was playing for the Seattle Sonics, in the, and he was, you know, putting up the big numbers, all-star team, all that, and it was 1973. And for, for, for young people, and I'm sure they'll laugh, the shoes that players wore then were Converse or Ponies, and, you know, and Adidas, okay? Nike was a running shoe. 
Nike was Nike was out of Oregon, where the great track teams of the of the of the late '60s, the great University of Oregon track teams. So Nike, you would Nike had those jogging shoes, okay? So they were not a basketball shoe; they were more of a running shoe. So Nike wanted to get onto the basketball scene. Here is Spencer Haywood playing close to Portland in Seattle, and they asked him, "Do you want to be uh, a spokesman for Nike?" Remember, this is. 12 years before the Air Jordan. So you can't call him dumb, stupid. This is, Michael Jordan at this particular time is in the third grade, okay? Yeah, he didn't so, even want to sign with Nike at first. Yeah, Michael Jordan's in the third, fourth grade here. So they approached him and said, we'll either give you $100,000 or 1% of the state in the company. Man. And his agent was like, well... That sounds good, but how <laughs> his agent sound like somebody people we know in the hood? How is that gonna help me to get? <laughs> how does yeah, how does we all know that one dude. Yeah. Pocket to get one percent of a of a share of a company that we don't even know is gonna gonna succeed in basketball shoes. Like, what's that gonna do for me? So his agent took the hundred thousand. He won't, name, he won't name the agent. He won't name the person that made the decision, but he took the 100000 instead of the 1%. Um, and so he gave up. And obviously, as we know, Nike started growing, signing Moses Malone, signing guys like Austin Carr. Like, they signed some of the great players of the 70s. Remember, but Dr. J, what I grew up on was Converse. Every kid wanted to wear Verse. Like, that was – and then Magic signed – remember, Magic and Bird signed with Converse. Yeah, okay, that's so, right. Converse was the shoe. Now, okay. The shoe, the shoe they were wearing was called the weapon. Yeah, they were the shoe, and Adidas too. So Nike was still third, although in the seventies it started to grow. It started to get more popular. Different kind of Nikes, the Air Forces and the Nike Cortezes and all that stuff. And then yeah, the Air Forces back then. Yeah. And then they signed. Um, MJ and all of a sudden, you know, it, all of a sudden Nike flew to the top, right? But it was, it's a painful story, but kind of a funny story, but is he, he didn't know and people were like, how could you not know that Nike was going to make it? Like, remember, this was 1973. Right. It was Converse and Adidas were the two, and people, some cats even wear ponies, you know. Where, I wore ponies, thanks, dude. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know what those are. Ponies or ponies were like you have to Google it, Jose. Ponies were. I'm thinking of Puma when you said that. No, so, someone wearing Pumas too. Pumas was Pumas was in the game too. No, Pumas was still kind of in went out. Yeah, Pumas, you know, late nineties. Pumas rocking Pumas. Walt Frazier. Walt Frazier. Well, where Pumas was? Walt, Pumas was, and then it got popular in the eighties and it kind of died. But Pumas there too. So you had four to five other shoe companies. Nike was known as a running shoe because it came out of Oregon. What comes out of Oregon? You know, what's, what's in Oregon? It's just raining. So they just go make these <laughs> shoes that are sturdy in the rain? Like, what's, what are you talking about? So I think people, oh, I was crazy. I would have signed with Nike. Yeah, you would have signed with Nike right next to, with, with, the Air, with your Air Jordans on. Because that's pretty much, that's when Nike took off. Right. Like, so we got to take so, time. So one, 1%. Of Nike right now is worth how much? I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be probably four. It's more than a hundred thousand, Max. It's more than a hundred thousand. Somebody <laughs> told me it's like worth about six billion. Yeah, it's it, yeah. So it's got to be one percent, six hundred thousand, right? Or six. I mean, one percent. You know, a stake in the company. If he holds on, now he might have sold his stake eventually. Who knows? Yeah, if he ever needed money or something, he might have sold his share. Sold out, but in this situation, that the it was a hundred thousand dollars. And back then, you talking about look at go on Google for young people and look how much a hundred thousand dollars was in nineteen cents. A lot of money. Yeah, that was that was like probably three million now. And yeah. so it was. Don't think oh, you only took a hundred thousand. Like yeah, like a hundred thousand. Then the average American family probably in nineteen seventy three might have made fourteen, twelve thousand dollars. Maybe, I mean, something like that. Like rent was probably three, four hundred dollars. I mean, you talking about nineteen seventy three? Like, like a hundred thousand dollars. I know he came to he came to the All Star game with Nikes on. Yeah. And Will and a couple other players told him take them damn shoes off, <laughs> and he took the shoes off 
and then they're wearing like you know Converse or something, yeah. and even then breaking the contract. So I guess just if when you don't know, as as our president likes to say now, it is what it is. It is. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So I, you know, people, it's an incredible story, but you got to take into account the time, the other shoe companies. No one thought Converse would not be the shoe, especially when they signed Magic and Bird. I mean, my right. goodness. They signed both of those guys in addition to Dr. J. No one saw Jordan coming. No one, no one knew what was going to happen. You know, Crazy. I would have bought, if that was the case, I would have taken, I would have begged my daddy in 1983 to buy Nike stock or something. Dad, there's a, there's a guy who's coming <laughs> to the league. There's a guy who's coming to the league. You don't, you don't know him right now, but watch. It's going to be worth something. Like, if that was the case, we all, every black person would have went and bought Nike stock in 1983, the year before he came to the league. We didn't know. People didn't know. You know and so now we know what Gary know. would do if he ever got back into a time machine, man. If you ever find a time machine, I know what yeah, Gary's doing. I'd be right 1983. I'd take my little <laughs> lunch money or whatever and borrow some money from my mama and go buy some Nike stock. Yep. He said, Mom, we're going to be rich. You go buy Nike stock if I get in that time machine. If I was in that time machine, I'm going back and find jobs and them people. I, I want that apple. That's what I want. I want oh, that apple man. product. Oh, Max going right. to be one of the owners, part owners. <laughs> All right, All right Josh, wait, wait, close it down. Yeah, definitely. The Spencer Haywood Rule comes out in two weeks. You can pre-order right now on Amazon. Uh, Gary Washburn and Mark Spears. Uh, wrote this book, so definitely check it out, Gary. We appreciate this, man. This is hilarious. This well, is thank you, I appreciate it. Almost I feel like I'm in the cat. I feel like I'm in the cafeteria again before Celtics game. You know, chilling with you two again. <laughs> I'll let y'all know how it goes down here. I'll give y'all updates. All right, later. All right, thank you, later, man.